Hi, I'm Chelsea, and you're listening to Beyond the Picket Fence. Not just any episodes of Beyond the Picket Fence, but this is a special segment called 25 Days of Updates. 25 days of 25 days of 25 days of 25 days of updates. (laughs) Happy holidays! So if you've been around all season, you've been hearing interviews with amazing, incredible, stupendous... Okay, that's a little much, but... We've been talking to really amazing people, and I've had a few people request updates. So here is 25 days of updates from everyone that we have interviewed this season. If you're new around here and you haven't heard any of the interviews yet, no worries. You can find the link to each episode in its update show notes. So happy day one. Enjoy. For day one, we are starting with The Addict, our friend Morgan. Last time you were on, you were just recovering from COVID and you had oxygen. Mm -hmm. Now you're just recovering from a surgery poor girl so yes how have you been what has been going on since i don't even remember when we recorded at, at the beginning of 2021 2022 whatever year it is yeah yeah is it the beginning so let's see i got my nursing license back yes yes and it has been really difficult trying to find a nursing job when you go into interview do you have to disclose everything and how does yeah. that go it's terrible it's like the most awkward thing and you like try to be so happy and upbeat and like yeah this happened but I'm good now so like trust me and believe me (laughs) so and you think that's the reason why people have said no oh for sure yeah oh and another cool thing that happened so you know I had all those charges from the beginning of the year I had filled out my background check for one of these companies and it comes back my background is completely clean there's nothing on my background because I've fulfilled every single expectation and requirements of the court. Good job. I just got so, goosebumps. But I have two jobs lined up. One job to start the 28th and then another job to start like the first week of December. Are these in hospitals or no? So one of them is outpatient surgery at St. Joe's. And then the other one is at like a health and wellness center. So it'll just kind of depend on what I think is going to be best for me and me and the fans. And I just have to have faith that it's lined up this way because it's after my surgery and like God has a plan in this, you know, to teach me patience. <laughs> like you haven't learned already. Uh, right. And so we had to move in with my in-laws just temporarily while I had surgery. I don't recall if we talked about it in her episode, but Morgan had thyroid cancer. So she updated us on that. I had five masses that were sitting on my thyroid and parathyroids. And they just went in on Friday. They took out my whole thyroid, all five masses, one of my parathyroids and a couple of lymph nodes. So. It dawned on me while we were talking that Morgan doesn't take the hard pain medication. She won't even touch cough syrup with alcohol in it, remember? So I wondered, how is she managing her pain after this surgery? So I take Tylenol mostly. Um, and then a little bit of ibuprofen because in my psych meds, it doesn't mix well. So mostly just Tylenol and sheer will. I don't know. <laughs> sheer willpower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because but, I have so much pain. Yeah. It's pretty uncomfortable. Uh, mostly I'm just having like muscle pain, like back and through my neck. And I don't know if it's because of the way that I'm holding myself, like babying this stupid drain so it doesn't rip out or like the muscles that they cut here that are affecting back there. Mm, I don't really know. Probably a mixture of all of it. Yeah. And then with swallowing, because that's what everybody keeps asking me, like, is it hard to swallow? 
And I've had two one inch masses sitting on my esophagus for months. So no, it's not hard to swallow. There's a fullness there, like a tightness almost when I swallow, but it doesn't hurt. I had a tonsillectomy in July of 2020. And that was like, it hurt to swallow. But this one, it doesn't hurt to swallow. It's a little uncomfortable when I swallow, just like I said, a little fullness, but there's no pain. Prior, it felt like there was a marble always stuck in my throat. And I had to like tilt my head back and massage my throat to get certain things to to swallow. And now I don't have to do that. I can just eat like a normal person. Yay. So how has your family been since we last talked? They've been good. We got the kids all into trauma therapy. So they've all been doing that and doing really well. Chase, one of the twinners, he just graduated from therapy today. We have Ryan's extending out into next year, which is perfect. He's my oldest, so he's been the most affected. He has the most understanding of everything. Mm -hmm. And then we, you know, happened upon a little bit of a bump with Truly. She has started to show signs. And I know, granted, she's eight, so it's not really like a diagnosis. It's just something that we notice. She started to show signs of an eating disorder. So she has a ton of control around her food. There's been nights where I've sat with her at the dinner table for an hour and a half, two hours, and all I can do is get her to lick her food. Can't get her to eat it, but I can get her to lick it. And that's like a win. And so she controls the food that she eats and she's constantly talking about her body. And it just is like devastating for me as a mom because in my eyes, she's perfect and she's beautiful. And she is like the strongest little girl. She should never have to worry about that ever. So, but We started her in feeding therapy, which is like the first step towards eating therapy. So hopefully we kind of nip it fast. I'm just grateful that I was sober and present and able to see it. Wow. Yeah, I'm anxious too, because I want it to be a good thing for truly. Yeah. So... Oh, stressful. It's one thing to go through things for ourselves, but to watch our kids go through it is like devastating. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, like when I was in my active addiction, I didn't take the kids to the doctor. I only did it when it was necessary. And then I would only take them to urgent care. And now it's like, I'm taking them every six months just for their general wellness checkup. They all have their flu shots. They've all been to the eye doctor. And then They've all actually seen an endocrine genetic specialist because the little ones are so small and they're not really on the growth chart. So, you know, I'm like actually doing this and like taking care of them in a way that a mom's supposed to. And not that I wasn't before, I was just doing the bare minimum. And now my mom is always like, why do you have so many appointments for the kids? And I'm like, well, it's just because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Do you feel proud of yourself for that? Yeah, I do. And I feel like I went from zero to a hundred so quickly with children that I didn't necessarily have the time to learn. And now I'm learning 
it's a little delayed, but you know, hopefully that helps us in the future with, I mean, there's so many problems out there today and there's so many scary things for kids. Maybe it's to my advantage that I went through what I went through and I can try like, you know, with truly and her eating, I've seen it in my own personal family and that's opened my eyes to her and whatever situation comes in the future, like whether the kids choose to experiment or whether the kids choose to make some of the choices I made, I'll be able to see it. My husband and I always joke that our kids will get away with nothing, like literally nothing. You know, they already know there's no safe hiding spot for mom and dad. They have their journals and those are safe and private for them. But truthfully and honestly, like the internet is not a hiding place and their phones are not a hiding place. Mom and dad have full access. And so, you know, we give them the appropriate privacy, but beyond that, I am a helicopter mom and I don't care. (laughs) I love it. It's amazing. You have all the tools you need to move forward and yeah, I know it's just beautiful and you look beautiful and you're just so beautiful (laughs) in the beyond the picket fence community i sometimes ask fun questions to help us get to know each other if you're not in that group you definitely should be you can find the link to join that group in the show notes anyway the other day i asked what's the best advice you've ever received morgan responded with if it's mentionable it's manageable what the heck that means i had no clue so i invited her to expound on that a little bit i learned that from one of my friend's sponsors when I was in uh, rehab, I, I can't say his name, I wish I could, but he's just this fabulous individual. He loves to like meditate. He's, he's very much like a hippie. And I think it's a beautiful part of him. We were talking about recovery and how to really truly help ourselves in recovery. And he said, you know, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. So the way it was explained to me and the way that I perceive it is if I have a problem in my life, if I am craving and I say something to you, then you know that I'm having that craving and you know that that's something that I might need a little bit of extra boost with, right? So if I mention it, then I'm able to manage it easier. We're only as sick as our secrets, which is like a cliche AA saying, but it's true. You know, we're only as sick as our secrets. So if I don't have those secrets and I let the people know that I trust and love to help me, then they can help me. But if I don't tell them, they can't help me. And, you know, my husband and I, we always joke, like, why can't you read my mind? Like, this is what I was thinking. This is what I was feeling. Why can't you read my mind? Well, if you didn't say it, I can't help you. So if it's mentionable, it's manageable. If it's a big problem and we bring it up, it's easier to manage as two people or three people. You know, it's a beautiful phrase. I always end with the question, what do you wish people saw beyond your white picket fence? My sister Holly was the first person I interviewed and she helped me come up with that. However, these people we're getting updates from have already answered that question. So Morgan being the first update interview, she helped me brainstorm this question that we'll ask each person as we get updates from them. How has my picket fence changed? How has, you know, how has my idea of my picket fence changed? And I think in the last year for myself, you know, I have to kind of let go of the control. I love to be in control. 
so much, but when I'm in control, I also get very overwhelmed because I feel like I have nobody there to help me. And again, it ties back to the, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. If I need somebody to help me sweep the floors, like it can be that simple. If I need somebody to help me sweep the floors because I just can't get to it that day, then I just have to ask, right? So for me, this last year, I had to move in with my in-laws. I've had to ask for help with surgery. I've had to be really open and honest about my sobriety because I'm in pain and I have to let go of some of the control and that's not a bad thing. It's another thing that kind of goes along with it is, you know, we're taught in our religion, like if somebody wants to serve you and you deny them, are you denying them blessings? Are you denying yourself blessings? Why not just let them serve you and they can benefit and you can benefit. And that's the Addicts Update from Beyond the Picket Fence. Happy holidays. We'll see you tomorrow.